0: Tonight, sources report several incidents of illegal poaching perpetrated by the renegade feeling station, the Colossus, and their pirate allies. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Hoth Topics, a podcast about Star Wars. John, welcome back to the actual podcast so right now going on is the newest season of clone wars everybody's talking about it and we are not because we are so far behind that we still haven't even finished our resistance episodes we are gonna take a crack at getting through resistance finish up season two and probably do that over the course of a couple episodes here but we're just gonna fire through as many as we can and bring it to you guys so I really hope that uh, everything works out well where you guys are. I hope that we can bring you some little bit of joy, a little bit of Star Wars nonsense, while we're going through this craziness. So before we dive right into the episodes of Resistance, John, anything Star Warsy going on in your life outside that's been being uh, helping you get through this whole crazy world catastrophe nonsense?
1: Good segue, Ian. I was actually sitting here waiting for you to stop talking so that I could ask you the exact same question. Oh. Genius, Great minds and such. So I, I realized last week when we were talking about setting up this episode that um you know, scrolling through the Hot Topics Twitter, I see all of our all of our fellow podcasters and content creators are out there like in overdrive because they have nothing to do at home. So why not make content? Where we pop topics, a Star Wars podcast about Star Wars, have done nothing and have I have in fact become even less productive. Uh <laughs> as some of you out there may know, I have been creating a another Star Tours themed cosplay for Ian here, a Star Tours Airlines flight crew or deck crew, I should say, costume which uh just before the lockdown happened i had all laid out on a table with a sewing machine ready to finish up sewing on some pockets the stay at home suggestion hit and i've been
0: calling it lockdown quarantine yeah the, yeah. the stay at home the stay at uh, home the... anyway yeah, we gotta uh, find a star warsy term for this uh the trash compacting yeah that's i like that uh since <laughs> the
1: trash compactoring happened Uh, i have since moved that costume to my dining room table and have not touched it in (laughs) three weeks and now is like the perfect time because you know we're not supposed to be going out and socializing and such but that's that's introverted john's normal thing so now that it's government mandated it's not cool for me to like do the introvert thing and just sit at home and do my projects by myself right like i would normally do because now it's a law or whatever. I don't right. know. Right. It's it's too much of my high school punk punk rockness
0: <laughs> coming out. So, and it's, so it's, what have you been up to? Well, I was I was gonna <laughs> say you know it's hard to when you don't have the option to do what you want to do. It's harder to. It's, it's weird. When you're ordered to not go out and do something, it gives you this sense of like, what 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 can you do and at home? And for me personally, I have on a normal day, if I get distracted by something, I go out and I do something and I always have like a task at hand. But when I'm stuck at home and kind of in control of my own projects and what I need to do, it's been really hard to focus on one thing so one of the things that i wanted to do now that i we're stuck here at home is uh i have a bunch of uh, legion clone miniatures and i've been like oh this is a chance to paint up a whole bunch of miniatures that other, i otherwise haven't been able to get my hands on and got some all ready to go and paint i have painted one clone
1: <laughs> to
0: completion and I have one more that is already done. I have fifteen that I need to do, and a and a a, a a bark speeder, I think. So yeah, it's been really hard for me to like focus on one thing. And like when when it, when the threat of the lockdown happening, I went out and I actually got the the last book in the Thrawn trilogy that's been sitting on my shelf. I drunkenly borrowed the from a certain point of view book. I think I don't even think I borrowed it. I think it just walked out of your house with it, which yeah. is still sitting on mm-hmm. my nightstand uh, unread and i went to goodwill bookstore and i ended up with three or four star wars books that i just pulled oh, nice. randomly i think two are from the the tales of the bounty hunters series and then i think i picked up another one so literally the only thing that i've done star wars related in terms of projects is lazily paint one clone and play some battlefront 2 that is it however uh i went out and got rise of skywalker and i watched it with my family and i think watching that by myself slash with my family and not worrying about oh how am i going to talk about this i need to take notes of things for the podcast i need to have an ear to the ground on what's going on in the star wars community Watching it by myself for the second time, just in the comfort of my own home, I had a much better time with it than I think I did even the first time in theaters. Okay. But we'll talk a, we'll talk more about that when we do a, a secondary review of Rise of Skywalker, seeing if anything's changed. Anything else we want to touch on before we dive into the wonderful world of Resistance? Um, I think that's it. Cool, cool. I'm not even caught up on Clone Wars. I've watched the Bad Batch episodes, and that's it. I've watched the Bad Batch, and I've watched one episode
1: of uh, Ahsoka's story. I kind of just want to wait until that storyline has its conclusion. Right. Uh, whatever particular adventure she's on right now, and then
0: watch that as... You do it uh, in a single chunk. I hear ya. So, in the meantime, we have been watching Resistance.
1: As I was telling you just before we started, I don't know where, but in my mind, the amount of episodes that the Mandalorian had got transferred to resistance. And I thought that this season was going to be a 10 episode season. Right. Until I was halfway through the season and realized, Oh, there's still 10 more episodes.
0: I had the exact same uh, experience. I was like, Oh, close out with a 12 episodes. And there are like 19, Mm -hmm. (laughs) there are like 19 episodes and we've reviewed three. So if we tried to review 16 episodes in one go, that would, that would kind of be madness. Yeah.
1: It, yeah, and the amount of work that the team behind that show has has done for us, I, I wouldn't feel right just, you know, summing up an episode in three or four sentences before moving on.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I, I get that feeling too, you know, oh, there's just so much stuff and resistance is the thing we're behind on, let's just kind of mm-hmm. bowl over it. But it's easy to say that. But once you sit down and actually start watching the content and absorbing it, then you're like, oh, right. So... Let's dive right into it. We already did the first three episodes of the Resistance second season, and so we're just going to start on the fourth episode and go on from there. Sounds good?
1: Uh, I I believe uh, I can I can do this.
0: Mm, excellent. So, and correct me if I'm wrong, John, but I believe the first episode we're going to take a look at today is called The Hunt on Celsor 3. Kelsor sure, 3. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I thought I had already watched this episode, and I hadn't. I Actually, when we started our rewatch, I started on the next one, and I very hurriedly half-watched this before we started. So I'm going to let you take this one in terms of summation.
1: I have two sets of notes for this, because uh, like you, I thought, man, I feel like I've already watched this episode, and it turns out when we did the, the last review, this was the last one I watched, and we just didn't review it ah the colossus needs food they're out in space they don't got any supplies they're not a trading post they're on the run they need to figure out how they're gonna feed everybody
0: didn't didn't they run into the creature they eventually eat uh in the previous episode so yeah so they're they're still over the the planet that they were doing the training mission on from the last episode And the pirate's like, well, my crew's really good at capturing stuff. Let's go catch us some food. They go and they attempt to catch this food and they get attacked by the large manta ray dragon thing from the previous episode, which, like most Star Wars... Like like most Star Wars creatures, is somehow impervious to harm from things like blaster fire that can blow through metal ships and annihilate them, but just kind of bounce off the backsides of animals. And they fail in this endeavor, and the pirates spread this rumor that it's all Doze's fault that they failed and he can't feed anybody and kind of makes them look bad. So, uh, Tora and Kaz come up with this idea of attacking it from the ground because the soft underbelly is the the, the soft weak spot of it yeah <laughs> and so uh, apparently there was some high powered cannon that was supposed to go in the fireball and just never got attached and so they set that up as a ground turret on the planet below and there's something about the pirates taking their ships which i wasn't really paying attention for yeah they
1: um, they were on the ground and the the dragon guy attacked while they were on the ground two of the pirates just like showed up and when the dragon attacked it, they, they ran off and jumped in the uh, fireball and Taurus Fighter and took off.
0: Yeah, so leaving them stranded there. Uh, the the portable battery thing that they brought to charge the cannon didn't work, so uh, they end up plugging into the droid CB-23.
1: Yeah, I was surprised that that droid could power uh that blaster which i have a i have a special note for
0: is used as a battery and they end up getting the cannon to work and firing at the underside of the beast and it is the new food source meanwhile there's a there's a sort of an underlying thing where a couple of people are talking about leaving the colossus because they don't have food there was a scare that Niku might leave but instead of Niku leaving he just uh sold most of his possessions to build a projector, a, like a sky projector to make the marketplace look more homey, even though they're in the depths of space, which I'm feeling real hard right now with this whole, <laughs> with the trash compacting. It would be real nice if I could just project the sky on my ceiling. I can just walk outside, but who wants to do yeah. that? Um,
1: I do every I, day because I still have to work.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're you're essential. <laughs>
1: not much has changed for me yeah Uh, it's just easier
0: to get around in 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 traffic hours huh (laughs)
1: yeah it's very strange so what do you Uh, got on this one john uh, first off i'll start at the end as most great filmmakers do the first time i watched the episode i didn't catch that Niku had traded all this stuff to make the projector and i Mm -hmm. thought he traded stuff to fix a feature of the colossus where that the marketplace would have a false sky projected I didn't realize that he had built it. Yeah, that was the
0: impression I got.
1: Now, like any great filmmaker, start at the ending and then go back to the beginning. I I made this fantastic note that that creature reminded me a lot of one of the bosses from the Shadow of the Colossus game. Uh, Oh. With the exception of they didn't have to climb on its back and stab it in the neck, as I believe all monsters bosses in that game you have to do. The gun that Tam was going to put on the fireball but never got around to it before she took off. And it's definitely an e-web blaster, like the. It just uh, looks like an e-web blaster, yeah. It 100% is just an e-web blaster, it's <laughs> been modified to do instead of rapid fire, doing a power up blast. Right, but I just, I just like this idea that they were going to strap an artillery piece to to the fireball. <laughs> you no, know, they did that in Firefly, where they stuck a anti-aircraft gun to the top of the the cargo ship. Um, <laughs> So I, I I enjoyed that. My one big note for this whole episode was, I was painting a Corporal Medell Star Wars Legion mini during this episode. I wasn't paying too much close attention. Once I realized that this was a fetch quest episode that took place on the previously visited Ice Planet, I kinda lost interest. This episode also did not feature a Tam-mirrored storyline, which makes sense for the content. It sounded like a fun episode, with lots of gags and such, but not enough to pull me away from trying to get this model skin tone coloring mixed real
0: correctly. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I agree with you there. Uh, pretty straightforward, fail, learn, succeed mission. It definitely felt filler-y, which, that being said, though, most of the episodes that we are going to go through, at least in this session, feel kind of filler-y. <laughs>
1: this, uh, the, the episodes that we watched for these the next few reviews I actually really enjoyed a lot more than episodes in the first season not all the time was the main antagonist the first order mm-hmm. uh, it was situational antagonists like this episode uh it was hunger and the boss and it reminded me a lot of, of Battlestar galactica where there there is a big enemy out there the 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 Cylons but there's a lot of episodes in between that where it's just about how people got by in a fleet that doesn't have a way to uh, refuel itself or feed itself so I, I kind of like that that storytelling because it wasn't just oh how are we going to outwit the first order this time but it was kind of like the the average ordinary person like how are they going to survive sure you don't like see a ton of in Star Wars because um, we usually see the, the ramifications of this galactic civil war that's constantly happening over over three generations. right? Um, and we, we don't usually get to see what the average Joe is doing uh, just to get by in the galaxy.
0: And that's always a story that I like to see. And we got a little bit of that in The Mandalorian. Yeah. But I agree with you. It's nice to see those things here in this one. However, we have a 19-episode season... And so far, I think 10 episodes so far, 10 episodes in, maybe eight of them seem sort of like that. so i I, I would prefer a more healthy balance between the mm-hmm. two. But again, like like you said, the first season was very core story heavy, which kind of has to be because you're introducing a new show, uh, and they had more more episodes and room to play around here. But regardless, this does this uh, this episode did feel like filler. Uh, to me, even more so than some of the new ones, I like how the the heavy blaster cannon felt like a heavy blaster cannon. Like it didn't just blast out of the thing and hit the hit and kill the beast, and it was fine. It sent out a blast so powerful that it shot the cannon backwards off of the stand that was supposed to like hold it, mm. uh, and blew Kaz back. So I I liked that. I also appreciate how at the end when The nice pirate, Sonara how she forces her friends to apologize for stealing the ships, and they kind of just—and this is a running theme throughout these episodes—is since the pirates are on board, they're just allowed to be pirates. Everybody's accepted that that's just what they are, and so they're not really all that upset when they're just like, I think the the line Kaz says, "Yeah, you're pirates. It's what you do." So that that was kind of interesting to see. I did uh, appreciate the return of the through-line joke of Niku likes food, 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 food. Hmm. And, you know, other than that, it was just a, a good side mission story for this episode. I, I agree with you on that. So shall we move on to the next one? Let's move on to episode five. All right. This one is titled The Engineer. You want to take a crack at uh, this one? Yeah, I have a much better summary. Gotcha. Um, so uh, I, you I, know, I, neither, neither of us had a good one last one, but together we yeah. work.
1: <laughs> After talking about that eWeb blaster last episode, I have been scrolling through Etsy to see if anybody makes one for the block series six-inch figures. Uh. <laughs> myself. All right, episode five, The Engineer. The ship is still borked. Niku has his hands full fixing things. They receive a distress call and go to investigate. They find another genius engineer named Nina that Niku takes immediate liking to. But not all is what it seems. And then in all caps, dun dun dun.
0: <laughs> Do you want to elaborate on the dun 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 or
1: <laughs> She's a first order plant and uh, what it made me think is that she wasn't like a first order agent, but more of somebody that would give the first order information for money. She was a she, she was, was a like...
0: freelance saboteur sort, sort of person, of thing, yeah. Type.
1: But she goes around and, yeah, sabotages the Colossus, uh, makes, it, makes it look like the pirates have been draining power from the station. And she uses that distraction to disable the weapons and propulsion of the Colossus so the First Order can jump in and capture it. Uh, luckily, Kaz is distrustful of everybody.
0: and um, Well, I you know, like he's, he's bad like at pirates. spy stuff, so he needs to learn a lesson there. <laughs> at least he learned something.
1: Sonara's like, yeah, that's, we're not stealing power. And he's like, "Yeah, you are." And then they they go do research and realize that uh, Nina has been has been doing something. And Niku refuses to believe him, and is is his second best friend. When she takes off, she leaves a hint of how what they can do to fix the problem. I I, I like this one.
0: Yeah, um, Just kidding. The realization that we kind of have to confront as older fans of Star Wars is that knowing that this show is geared towards a younger audience, Mm. a lot of the storylines are going to be pretty predictable because we've seen them over and over and over again in in pop culture when we were growing up and throughout a bunch of of stuff. So uh, sometimes the obvious answers are going to be the right answers more than half the time in a show like this. Like One of my notes was, I like Nina. I hope she's not a double agent and then a cup <laughs> and then you know another random note later and then after that it just says of course she's a spy. <laughs> yeah I
1: have, I have a note similar to that. That's um I didn't see the twist of her being a first order operative coming in, coming as I'm still in the mindset of the Empire and the Empire being hyper xenophobic. Right. So I was like oh I thought you know hey first order is hiring aliens. You know that's progressive of them.
0: <laughs> well they're not hiring them to be like in their which is very you know very empire like because they were like they were perfectly happy to have Bosk on board when he was you know just a a paid outsider but uh they're not going to give him a rank or anything also Um, one thing i appreciated is that this episode really highlighted how niku is actually really skilled at mechanics Mm -hmm. even though he's kind of goofy which i guess is something i kind of forgot about because the thing that stuck with me was you know his his aneurysms and not necessarily his talent and this this time his talent was highlighted and that was cool to see i love that they made fun of kaz for being a bad shot in the beginning Mm -hmm. because they they get the distress signal he's like i'll go check it out and then they're like take someone who can shoot with you he's like i've been practicing and they just stare at him he's like fine (laughs) i really enjoyed that i liked nina as a character and even even though she was sort of betraying them she did fit in with the whole Uh, she, she felt like there was an emotional investment there on her Mm -hmm. part in order to get her job done, which is, which is better than the obvious answer being a villain and then not really needing to, we we can see the twist coming, but there's really no cost for them. I felt like there was a cost for her in this for doing what she did. I did put a mark here going, I was wondering where the pirates were going to become an issue. And then that was immediately snuffed out. Uh, So I had the same idea as everybody else on board. Oh, it must be the pirates. (laughs) (laughs) Because they're pirates. Trust no one is kind of a weird lesson for a kid's show. Just saying. Yeah. (laughs) Still bad at spy stuff. Kaz is still bad, like he sneaks into the pirate area and he's trying to stealthily check out their power converters. He immediately gets caught by Sonara, which I'm like, okay, I'll forgive that. And then as they're having this quiet conversation, just randomly from outside, there's a pirate just like going, could you keep it down? I'm trying to sleep. So nobody was fooled by him just sneaking in there. They just didn't care. I did put a big all caps note here saying nobody learns anything in the show. Which, again, I kind of have to accept that you're going to learn the same lessons again and again in a show that's geared towards a younger audience because that's what the shows are meant to do. They're meant to teach those lessons. And it goes back to my issue with Kaz in the first season, not a ton of character growth in terms of ability. And I think other Star Wars animated series, namely Clone Wars and, and especially Rebels, did a better job with growing their characters as things went along. That, that's just the territory. And I have a note here that I, I don't really know what it means. Uh, I'm hoping you can decipher it. It says, Kaz should be a diplomat when he's in scream mode. I, so I'm guessing he's he just like, <laughs> i guessing he was just shouting orders and they happened to work well or something. I don't remember. And I was like, I should go back and watch that and see what the hell I meant by that. But I didn't. Good for you. Yeah. Uh, How about my, you? What you got on this one?
1: My notes on this is... Um... When they go to investigate the the episode, or the episode, the the distress signal, they go out in a star speeder. I couldn't remember if we'd seen one of those in, resist, in Resistance yet. Mm. And just because I'm a big Star Tours fan, that made me happy. Uh, even mm. though it's not the the one from the right, it is the one that they use in Rebels that has a RX pilot. So I consider it a Star Tours ship. Gotcha.
0: I was actually wondering about that because the interior was more dropship looking but the mm. I, I i wasn't sure if it was star torsy or not
1: it took me a while to get used to nina because there was something off about her sound mix like the voice actors sound mix hmm.
0: i didn't notice and but... I,
1: I couldn't tell if it was when you watch a cartoon and they bring in a celebrity guest star that's never done voiceover work and sure. like, the inflections are kind of strange because they're just reading into a piece of paper right uh, her inflections were strange to me and so, like, I had to go on Google see if she was some celebrity they brought in that I didn't know. And uh, she's she's done voiceover work before and stuff. So I think they just mixed her strangely, and I was just picking up something weird, kind of a it super could... super weird nitpick in there because it really doesn't affect anything. It was just it was something weird going on. It could also have work.
0: just been a choice because she was playing an alien character, so she might have just given her a weird speaking pattern or a weird inflection pattern or something.
1: No, it was it was strange. And then the last note I had on it is when the first order Star Destroyer shows up and un- unleashes its waves of TIE fighters, I'm having a hard time reconciling why a TIE fighter's cannon fire would rock the Colossus the way it's depicted <laughs> because it's a capital ship. Like in, 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 uh, I've watched Rogue One like three times in the last week when the big Mon Cal cruiser comes in. And the swarms of TIE fighters leave the the shield generator docking station. That cockpit takes like forty shots. Or cockpit, uh, uh flight deck not flight deck, um bridge takes like in you know, like ten, twenty shots from blasters and the Admiral's just sitting there like, that's yeah, cool, what's going on down yeah. there? whatever but in this like those the first order blasts are just rocking the whole ship and i'm like "That's that's very strange or it's totally plausible because the first order has just they took the empire stuff and then turned it up to 11 so maybe these things are like many uh battleship batteries strapped to the bottom of tie fighters (laughs) it could Uh, also
0: just be the colossus is not a war vessel so whatever (laughs) shields it has are not you know not good
1: and that could have been the other thing is that i know that could have been one of the uh the systems that she chucked down was the the magnetic shielding. Sure, yeah. If that's a thing in Star Wars, I I get my sci-fi things mixed up all the time. Well there um, are shield
0: there are shields and apparently if you magnetize things like walls, laser fire just bounces off of them. Wasn't doing that. Magnetically sealed, that's the thing.
1: Overall for this episode, it had a star speeder in it, so it's gonna get an up. Enjoyed <laughs> that. One of my notes at the beginning of this was this one would have felt uh, would have been better a couple episodes earlier. Having the training episodes on the the ice planet closer to some of the to some sort of large encounter. This train that training episode that was two episodes back now uh, got me excited for a big battle or event. But then we go into the the ice manta ray or the ice manta ray dragon, hunt thing, and then another side adventure. Yeah. And now think reading this and thinking back, because this is the, the note that I wrote for the first time I watched this, which was just before we did that first review. Right. And now that I'm thinking back on it, the way we watched it this time, we didn't have that build up to a battle. We just kind of started off with the hunt and then right. we went into this. So the second time I watched it and I wrote my notes down, I didn't feel like something was getting, like a story hook was getting missed. This mm-hmm. kind of actually felt like a natural progression. But now looking back, it I'm realizing, oh yeah, it did feel like these two episodes pulled away from a a conflict that was impending and then just faded away. Right. And it that's uh that that big conflict still fades
0: away the, the more we go into like the next episodes. Absolutely. I agree. And that ties into what I was saying before the side story to main story ratio. Yeah. All right. Uh once again, I was entertained. Mm-hmm. It wasn't it, oh, 100%. Yeah, nothing, nothing amazing, nothing super special, but also nothing bad. It's just mm-hmm. that's been my sort of opinion on resistance for this entire experience. It's just like and, it happens. I enjoyed characters.
1: it. <laughs> At any time that they have a chance to do more, Niku. move the focus from Kaz to
0: something that Nico's doing mm-hmm. that always makes me happy. Ready to move on to the next one? Yeah, I don't have a ton of notes on this one. Uh, neither do I. Uh, from beneath right correct all right yeah the next episode's called from beneath and uh we start off with i believe they're in that star speeder again yes they are it's kaz and tora and flix and orca <laughs> and cb and they are going to essentially a mining platform that's owned by flix's family who because who are colossus has no fuel who are all chicken miners that is the, just the they're chickens, who mine? There's this whole idea about how he's entitled to fuel because he's part of the family. And they're talking about that beforehand. I'm just, so they get there. Flix is saying how his uncle is likes him and they'll be fine. Uh, his uncle is no longer there and bequeathed the, the company to one of his cousins who doesn't like him very much and everybody else yeah everybody else that works for him doesn't like him very much because flicks left as you said um he he loves to to be a a singer a cantina singer Yeah. yeah and uh which i i loved it when you know they say that and orca's immediate response was yeah he doesn't talk about that anymore so there are these quakes that are happening on the planet and the chicken miners are saying, oh, it's just instability. Flix freaks out because there's some legend about if you dig too deep, you're gonna awaken dragons. This cues an adventure where they make a deal. It's like, hey, you're, you're gonna help us out. Restarting a drill that we have down there and then we'll give you your gas. So the team goes down there, the elevator breaks. Flix, his cousin and Kaz and CB all end up at the bottom while Orca and Tora end up climbing the the elevator gear back up to the top shocker the dragons are real and they're annoyed and they prove their existence by almost eating everybody which they all escape and the cousin ends up swearing you know that he'll never dig too deep again and they go off with their fuel for the colossus flix is hailed as a hero and accepted again into the family i really enjoyed this just because we got sort of an episode centered around flix and orca and i think they are some of the funnier side characters in this series and it was kind of cool to see some reaction and interaction there more than just a, a quick visit to their shop. Uh, what do you think, John? So like I said, I
1: don't have a ton of notes on this episode. I'll just I'll, I'll go right to my overall. Yeah, yeah. And I think this this has to go back to what I was saying in the last episode that I had forgotten about the first three episodes. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if I I'd said forgotten, but I was able to put aside the whole first order conflict. For the last three episodes and this was like episode four but at the same time it was a fetch quest filler episode that was and this is what people in the galaxy are doing regardless of their resistance or first order Mm -hmm. and again that's something i really really enjoy i like i really exploring in star wars like oh we get to see like how a mining operation would work and because there isn't this the antagonist isn't the first order i really feel like they get a chance to uh, like you said, uh, explore and build the characters of minor or secondary characters. Right. If this was all gonna be whole season, was gonna be about Kaz and the First Order. We want to get a story like this dedicated to Flicks. There's, there's no way, right? Um, but we, we did get it, and I thought that was a lot of fun. The first note I have is, LOL, the whole they delve too deep story trope. <laughs> and the, the moment. That they said that someone said, oh, those are rumors or do you remember the stories uh, that our family told us about about the dragons? Uh, I was like, oh, please, please, please be something different than what I think it's going to be because it's it's going to be they delve too deep and awoke in something. And uh, I was and I was fine. with it. I also thought it was interesting that for a second episode so close to another one, we had dragons, right? Um,
0: one was a fly air dragon yeah
1: one was a flying air dragon and these ones it looked like the animators wanted to make them fly but couldn't justify it because they do very flowy air aerial maneuvers Uh also immediately start crawling and it looked like they couldn't decide whether or not they wanted them to be flying uh, or aerial or terrestrial dragons and i i enjoyed that a lot i especially enjoyed that when they roared, they sounded suspiciously a lot like the Tyrannosaurus from the original Jurassic Park. I noticed that too. And like, I think it was the same sample, just just distorted a little bit. And the fact that I just kept seeing it every time they would roar. And then cast realized that if you don't move, they can't see you, which is just nonsense. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my! I think that these aren't Jurassic Park that Tyrannosaurs, because why else would you make that if you don't move, they can't see you? Nonsense yeah they ended Uh, up
0: being like light sensitive or something so
1: so my specific note for this is flicks family is great and then followed by drago sound like resample jp rex's uh vision based on movement too flicks will find a way much like life uh yeah this was i thought this was just another kind of fun escapade i don't really want to call it a filler episode Um, yeah no that doesn't usually like filler episodes you call them that because
0: as like a negative right um, yeah i I hear you and and that's not the connotation yeah to give anyway i'll I'll call this an escapade sure so a couple things i i really liked the design of the dragons i thought Mm -hmm. they were cool and you know we say the word dragon because that's what they used in the show to describe them they're really more like armored earthworm snakes they kind of they kind of reminded me of the basilisk from harry potter if they stuck a bunch of like rock plates on its head and they had a bunch of like little tiny feet but i really like their design the beginning of the episode really felt like a scooby-doo episode to me for some reason Mm -hmm. (laughs) one of my favorite lines was when they're arguing about the existence of the dragons flicks cousin yells at him you might imaginary die," and i really enjoyed that that's a oh you better watch out for those imaginary dragons you might imaginary die (laughs) <laughs> so I thought that was cool. And then there was a really funny uh moment where Orca and Tora are climbing, and they kind of realize that Orca can't keep up with the the climbing speed, and Tora's trying to encourage him, and he's like, "Well, well look at you, you're built for climbing. You're not normal sized like I am." <laughs> and I appreciate that there was like that inverse of we as humans would consider Orca's species short but he considers himself normal-sized and everybody else giant. And I I liked that. I thought that was a a, a nice little line. And then there's this weird moment that threw me off uh, when they get back up to the surface and they announce that there are dragons. I think it was supposed to be like gasps or something, but when Flix's cousin is making the announcement, the rest of them just kind of go, Ooh! I was like, what? What? <laughs> Maybe
1: that's their 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 culture's gasp.
0: It was. It really threw me off. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, there, there, are, there are uh, people eating dragons below our feet." Ooh, <laughs> like what? But yeah, uh, again, a fun escapade, as you say. I agree very much. All right, John, I think that, uh, that should, you know, we got through what, what do we do? Four episodes, three episodes, three, three episodes. Well, we'll wrap that up for now and then we'll join everybody again for the next three or four episodes.
1: Before we wrap up, what, what do you think about these, these last three? Do you think the uh, show's going to get better or do you think it's going to stay the same, maybe get worse?
0: Well, based on these three episodes themselves, I think it feels like a break in the season, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, Because, like you said, it kind of peters out the main missions. I do like that we're getting sort of side side sort of character development. Uh, Especially the meta-knowledge that we only get one more season. Or this season is all we get in terms of resistance. So it is kind of cool to get a more character-driven, character-focused story. Because we will end up not visiting these characters again in this form at any rate, as far as we know. So it is kind of cool to get a little bit more backstory on them. Whether or not the season is going to kick up, I think, really depends on how they reestablish the overarching plot of Tam and and Kaz and crew trying to hook up with the actual resistance. Oh,
1: we didn't. Uh, there wasn't any Tam side stories in these, these three episodes, were there? No,
0: there were none at all. And we don't get one. You know, there's an entire other episode before we even get anything about Tam or the resistance. But we'll talk about that in the in the next couple eps. How about you? What do you think?
1: These three episodes, I actually I think I really enjoyed as standalone episodes. I right. think that if like, as I have I have a very vague recollection of being bored to death with The Hunt with the first time I watched it because I had binged watched the first four episodes and we only ended up reviewing three of them. And I, I remember that that one and uh, the one after that, uh, I guess that would be five if I do my math correctly. Can confirm. I remember feeling like they brought the story to a halt. Right. But I feel like if the show was more along the lines of just kind of these episodic, kind of one off adventures, I would have enjoyed it as well. Um, kind of feels like having a they... storyline that keeps getting interrupted by the escapades sort of thing right. but like i said these these three episodes isolated from the beginning of the series kind of like them like a lot as just kind of a, a look into what what a star wars galaxy day in the life is sure it, it kind of feels a like a space platform
0: <laughs> <laughs> kind of feels like they tried to combine the single group storytelling of the of rebels with the more episodic one-off structure of clone wars and that hybrid just isn't <laughs> being balanced the pacing is thrown off when we started we we're going like oh let's get through since again it kind of felt like it was going to be a chore but after watching these episodes i am looking forward to seeing the end of the season and getting through the rest of them and tying this up because it is star wars i am enjoying it do i like it as much as some of the other projects that they've done maybe not but it's not you know it's not specifically geared toward me as an audience member but i can still appreciate it for what it is so i'm having a good time all right i agree with that so, we'll catch you guys again here. We're going to close this up. Thank you for listening to this episode of Hot Topics, a podcast about Star Wars. Uh coming up next we're going to do some uh some more Resistance Recon and then we'll catch up with Clone Wars. And depending on how long this whole quarantine thing lasts, we might have a couple other things we'll try to experiment with and bring new content to you guys. Would you like us to do any other topics or fun stuff that you guys would want to see go ahead and send us an email at hothpod at gmail.com or tweet at us on the twitter at hothpod you can always visit our website hothtopicspodcast.com as well if you have any other questions or comments or want to see previous episodes or even some cool projects and opinion pieces and costume builds that john's working on all that kind of good fun stuff i've been in
1: i just realized that i have a folder full of updates for that star tourist ground crew costume that i should put on the website or i should edit the episode
0: that's john debating what contents that we are overflowing with currently he is going to put up for you (laughs) thank you very much everybody we will see you next time